In the first dream that's recorded in the Torah, Yaakov Avinu sees the image of a skyscraping ladder upon which angels were ascending and descending. Now, surely the Torah did not care to merely report an isolated dream. The dream was obviously a prophecy or a nevuah, which means by definition it has to have deeper meaning. But the question is, what is the deeper meaning? What is the true symbolism of Yaakov's ladder? And we answer that question as we enter a new dimension of not only Pshat, but of Remez, Drash, and Sod, a journey into a mystifying paradise of Parsha and imagination, an area which we call the Parsha Pardes. Welcome to this week's edition of Parsha Pardes, or Parsha Paradise, here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. This week's Parsha's Parsha Zvayetze, and the share is being sponsored, Lili Nishmas, Shemuel Menachem, and Leib, Leah Bas Avram, and Yehuda Chizde Yakir Ben Rav Shlomo, their Neshama should have an Aliyah. And anyone else who wants to make a sponsorship to partner up with us here at the database, and to make any kind of dedication, all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com and we can discuss an arrangement for your sponsorship. In the meantime, we come back to Yaakov Avinu's ladder, the incredible, monumental, perhaps most famous dream in the entire Torah. And what's clear is that we are tackling a very heavy issue, right? Um, and, that, and that is to say that although we will suggest for Pshatim, um, that will span the four angles of Pardes, there are so many, there, there, there are countless Pshatim. And as we like to frequently say, there are Shivim Panim Torah, there are 70 faces to Torah. I typically translate that as several, because the question is, how literal is the number 70? But in this case, there are probably 70 maybe even more, um, shot them to explain the latter. Now I'm not going to try to resolve um, the question of whether or not there are truly 70 and if there could be more than 70. But needless to say, for a dream that's so important and for a dream that's so, on the one hand, esoteric, but so famous, there are bound to be um, um, many pshatim, and, and as there are. So we'll give four that will hopefully conform with the model of Pardes, Pshat, Remez, Drash, Sod. Pshat being the simple read, Remez being the textual allusions or hints. And I'll skip Drash for a second. Um, Sod um, refers to the Kabbalistic secrets or the mystic, the mystical explanation of the Pasuk or the, the topic at hand. And usually when we talk about Drash, so, or the Midrashic explanation, I often refer to that and I tra- often translate it as the homiletical or the metaphoric explanation. But I'm going to translate it somewhat differently. And I will, um, I will say simply the Midrashic explanation. And maybe to push it a step more removed, I would not just again call it metaphoric, but I would call it alternative to the Pashup Shah. And the reason I say that is because there are times where Pashat Pshat doesn't necessarily mean the literal um, translation, but Pashat Pshat actually refers to the straightest read, which in enough cases, as you look around, you'll find sometimes Pashat Pshat actually is a metaphor. In other words, not every metaphor is a drash. Sometimes there is a metaphor that's the Pashat Pshat. And in this case of the dream, that is very likely and most probably the case that the Pashup Shot explanation of the dream of the latter is going to be a metaphor. 
And if that's true, so then the the medrash, um, any pshat that's going to conform to drash in this case will probably be something that's a little bit more subtextual, something that's not the plain read, but something that's an alternative read that can work alongside the pshat or the different um, pshatim that you might suggest for pshat pshat. So with that in mind, let's try to talk about some of the Pardes approaches to this. So again, as I said, Pashapshat does not just mean literal translation, but it means the straight read. And in this case, um, we assume that there is symbolic meaning even according to the Pashapshat. And in this vein, the Ibn Ezra actually mentions a couple of Ramazim, um, which is uncharacteristic of the Ibn Ezra, because he usually gives Pashapshat, and that's in fact what he does here. He, co- he cites a couple of Ramazim, and then he categorizes them immediately as midrashic interpretations that wouldn't satisfy the simple read, and we'll come back to one of those Ramazim. However, the Ibn Ezra does believe that Yaakov's ladder is in fact a metaphor, it's a mashal, for the nexus, or the connection, and the shaykhus, the relevance that there is between the upper world and the lower world. The ladder represents the bond between the two, and he explains that the ladder um, symbolizes that Hashem is involved and sees everything that happens in this world from from so he sees it from above and he constantly sends his angels to intervene in the world below and that in fact is what Yaakov was seeing at this point the relationship between the upper world and the lower world now um, there was a shot that I wanted to give as a as a drash which the Rambam actually sees as the Pashib shot. So we'll come back to it when we get to Drash. But going back to Remes, so um, I would say that if a single word in the Torah contains four or more layers of meaning, then certainly that would be the case in a prophetic image that's appearing in a dream. And therefore it makes sense that both the Midrashim and the Mepharshim will cite several Ramazim to explain the latter. Because, indeed, although I'm giving you one remez, there are so many gematrios and remezim that are based on this ladder. But the most famous and commonly cited of these remezim is that the word sulam, which is spelt deficiently, it's lacking the letter vav, the word for ladder, sulam, it carries the same numerical value, same gematria, as the word sinai. Thus, the ladder connecting heaven and earth is apparently a symbol and representation of Har Sinai and the scene of Kabbalah Satura, which took place there. Now we're going to come. We're going to come back to that soon. But in the meantime, um, this uh, this remez is cited by several mafarshim from the Radak to the Dasakanim to the Balaturim. Even the Ibn Ezra cites it, and um, it's found in in many midrashim as well. Now we move over to Drash. Now. There is often a lot of obvious overlap between Ramaz and Drash, as, we le- as we've learned here in Parsha Pardes. And that's certainly going to be the case here for Yaakov's Ladder, according to several of the explanations. However, for, um, however, for, for now, for the Drash that we're going to use, we're going to cite a seemingly unrelated approach. And this one appears also in a handful of Midrashim. And that is that the latter represents actually the idolatrous nations and their standing in this world. How they would ascend a number of rungs in this world, but eventually they would descend. Um, so for example, you look in the Medrashan Chuma, Vayetse, um, Beis Aleph 2.1, where the Medrashan Chuma cites that Yaakov Avinu saw these angels that represented the officers, the guardian angels of the nations of the of um, who will put us into exile. So we have Greece, you know, that we have 
um, Babylonia, all the different um, Goliaths, the, the, the Malchios that are going to try to subjugate us. And the Medrash talks about how Yaakov didn't see Esav descending. And the Medrash says, don't worry, based on the Pasuk in Ovadia, that Hashem will eventually cast down Edom. Esav will be cast down. And midrashically, this is, um, this is an appropriate thing for Yaakov to be nervous about, especially as he's running away from Esav. So it makes a lot of sense. Now, this, um, the, to, to my understanding, this was um, a, a drash of a read. Interestingly enough, the Rambam in Yesodei Torah in uh, Zion Gimel so the Rambam actually seems to quote this as the basic meaning, um, not like what we saw in the Ibn Ezra. But anyway, that is a drash read of what's going on here in, the, in Yaakov's dream. And finally, when we get to Sod, I'm, I'm quoting now from the Zohar Chadash. This is in Vayetze Nunva, Vayetze 56. And he cites what appears to be Machlokas between the Rabbanon and Rabbi Abba. It starts Tanu Rabbanon. So we have the, the Rabbanon on the one hand, and we have Rabbi Abba. Now, the latter, um, and here I, I mean the latter as opposed to the former. I don't mean the latter, L-A-D-D-R, but I mean L-A-T-T-R, Rebbe Abba. So the latter suggests that the Sulam was a reference to Sinai, like we said earlier. However, the Tanakhama holds that the Sulam was a reference to the Beis Olamim, the Eternal House, which is another name for the Beis Amigdash. And this, um, this uh, um, suggestion, which appears in the Zohar Chadash I found is also in Midrash Tehillim. Um, it's uh, 78.3, so that's Ayin Ches Gimel. And it's interesting. So you have on the one hand a suggestion that the Sulam refers to Har Sinai. On the other hand, the Sulam refers to the Beisam Migdash. And the dispute might be whether or not the latter represented the one-time event of Kabbalah Satora or the eternal impact of the eternal house, right, the Beisam Migdash. But despite the dispute as to the precise, deeper symbolism of the dream, the overall idea is likely the same, if you think about it. Both Har Sinai and the Beis Hamikdash represent the mergers between the upper realms and the lower realms, that Hashem came down to this world at Har Sinai. And with the Beis Hamikdash, the idea is that that also connects us to Hashem, that the Shekhinah comes down to the Mikdash, and it speaks from between the Kruvin. And what would seem is that in this case, the Sod um, appears to align with the Pshat. And we see that um, we see this running through the Ramazim, and even the Drash as well, um, if you think about it, because the, the, the impact of the nations, um, which is not just a physical impact, but it's a spiritual impact. So we think about the Goliaths, everything that we go through in this world um, is not just some isolated event that takes place down here on earth, but it has, um, there are guardian angels that represent the same things happening in Shemayim. And that really takes us through um, a heavy journey to explain Yaakov's ladder. Here, even within Pashapshah, we see that sometimes we have to move over into the deeper end um, and realizing that it, it really takes this other dimension of Pardes um, to get a fuller understanding of what's happening in the, in, the, in the Pasuk. And with that, I wish you a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for joining us here at The Database.